0: So now we have got a bit of a double act going on, got a bit of a treat. Is it you first? So we've got Pete this morning, but we've also got Ruth. So um, enjoy.
1: We don't know where Ruth is. (laughs) Good morning. morning. Um, So uh, that was great worship. Um, I love worshipping, don't you? Um, I was just saying to somebody on the way in, there's just something about it that's just so not just singing songs. There's just something that happens, isn't there, when we actually engage our spirit in worship. And um, whatever else is going on, it just changes the perspective and um, takes us up. So, um, uh, brilliant. Um, Okay, so, Brexit then. You didn't expect me to use that word, did you? Yeah, hope. Um, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And uh, I wonder how Friday night made you feel. Um, did you have a Did you have a party? Did you have a wake? Um, uh, I heard Boris Johnson talking about hope um, on Friday night, and. Um, Uh, I thought that's interesting, that kind of ties in. Um, You know, our hope is um, solid and eternal. Um, Whatever other worldly systems exist, um, we know that there's a kingdom that is everlasting, eternal, advancing, um, advancing to the point that it's changed your life and advancing through you to impact the world around you. Amen. Amen. And, um, so, uh, yeah, so maybe you're feeling full of hope after Friday night. Maybe you're, um, uh, maybe actually you're just fed up with the whole jolly thing. Um, the one thing that occurred to me as I got up on Saturday morning and looked out the window and saw a break in the clouds was I thought, huh, the sun has come up once again. And, uh, you know, that just actually in that moment, hope just flooded into my little world. Um, and uh, let's, let's talk about something a bit less controversial then than the Brexit. How about global warming? <laughs> Is that all right? No? Okay. Um, what about um, the state of our oceans? No one? Deforestation. Come on. Um, okay, what about... Running out of fossil fuel. Now, look, I love motorbikes. This worries me. (laughs) Electric motorbikes, I'm not sure they're going to do it for me. Um, uh, Okay, what about this one then? Um, Does anyone know what one minute, 40 seconds to midnight means? One minute, 40 seconds. Hey, I'll point to the man over there. Yes, the doomsday clock. There is a doomsday clock. Oh, my goodness. The things that exist out there when you don't know Jesus. Um, there is a doomsday clock. The suggestion of... Um, well, actually, I'll leave you to look it up if you can really be bothered. The reality is I don't want to make light of any of these issues. I really don't mean to make light of them at all. Um, they are important. I guess how important they are would depend on whether you're talking to Greta Thunberg or whether you're talking to President Trump. Um, uh, but nevertheless, they are important. The thing is, we've got a friend called Steve Backland who would suggest that every single area of our life should be drenched with hope. Every single area of our lives drenched with hope. Now somehow that has to include the natural world as well. And it has to include that little issue that you've got going on right now that's personal to you, that you're struggling to make sense of. It's got to include hope uh, in there. It's got to be drenched with hope for that thing as well. Hope changes everything, doesn't it? You see, with hope comes possibility. With hope comes an opportunity for the future to look different to the way that I thought it might. There's something about our possible future when hope steps into the room. Um, so can we find any, any, any hope in Scripture? When we think about some of these massive, massive world-related issues, can we find any hope at all? Um, I found myself looking at a curious passage in 1 Kings 17. So I just want us to look at that just for a couple of minutes. If you've got a Bible, 1 Kings 17, feel free to have a look. This is about a moment where Elijah comes across a single mum. And Elijah is a prophet. Now, Elijah has just been on this crazy wild ride with God. There's a a drought in the land. That's the context. And Elijah was told by God to go to this particular little river. And God said, don't worry about food. I'm going to send some ravens and they're going to feed you. Every day, ravens. So Elijah goes off and he has a drink by this river and then some birds come in carrying his dinner. There's a kind of a, a just eat deal going on with God and ravens. There's a Meals on Wheels things, Wheels on... Uh, meals on feathers I guess meals on wings that comes flying in and he gets fed supernaturally you see when there's a drought in the land and you're looking at your empty pantry but God speaks hope comes in the room hope changes your perspective and so it took him to go and to trust God and sure enough the ravens came and kept him going. And then, but then, except the river then dries up. And that's where we pick up the story. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there'd been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath and the land of Sidon and stay there. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water? so I may have a drink. As she was going to get it, um, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home, make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Now, holy moly, there's a, a hopeless situation right there. Yeah. This lady is gonna make a final meal for her and her son, and then die. This is pretty sad, pretty hopeless. And Elijah said to her, "Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have. Uh, go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have, and bring it to me." And then make something else for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Maybe there's some hope for this single mum and her child after all. She went away and she did as Elijah had told her. Now look, that is quite a big moment, isn't it? She's just met a stranger and she's taken the decision to trust him. God must have spoken to her beforehand to set her up because God said, I've set up this lady to feed you. So there's, she's already had some encounter with God herself, hasn't she? Elijah's come in and she's saying, you know what? I'm going to trust. I'm going to take a step of faith. And um, so she does what she um, uh, uh, she does what Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the Lord of the, wo- the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Hope is really, really important. Um, it does change our perspective. You know, I was just thinking about that story and it's in the Old Testament. And God still loves this world, doesn't he? And we now are in a new covenant with God. Now, I just wanted to think about this story on a massively enormous macro scale. Is it possible that this woman's reserves of oil that did not run dry, could we possibly now in jesus step into what does it look like for us as citizens of god's kingdom to speak life into hopelessness and could there be a supernatural element to this that means that our fossil fuels don't run dry i'm not just saying that as a hopeful petrol head i'm saying it because i believe that god has got solutions Heaven has solutions to earthly problems. And whether it's the Christians that come up with the solutions or not actually doesn't matter because Jesus has made a way, we've just been singing, where there's no way. We've just been singing about the fact that he moves mountains. So is it possible that God could use a people like us? Is there a spirit of prophecy that can come from the church in this day to speak life over a planet? And then is it possible that actually that could lead to a world who actually repent and change and turn around and turn our focus back to God? And as it says in the Old Testament, that as we do that, we partner with actually what God has done through Jesus in making a way for us to experience not only forgiveness of our sin, which we've experienced, but also the healing of our land. I don't know. I just thought it was a good thought that I had with Ruth when we were planning this morning Um, hope changes everything the future of our nation requires hope Boris Johnson actually was right it requires hope but we know that our hope is coming from another place someone said that hope is the seedbed for faith hope is the seedbed for faith it's the beginning It's the beginning of a journey that goes from hope to assurance. There's a verse in Hebrews that says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, the evidence of things we cannot see. There is a journey, therefore, from what we hope for to reality. And so we have to imagine heaven on earth to hope for it, to then start to see it through our lives. Does that make sense? So it starts with hope. It starts with hope. Ruth. Do you like this idea of a double act? Ruth said, it might just help people because there's different voices that might keep them more entertained. It was Ruth's birthday yesterday.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it can be hard work listening to one person can't it for half an hour. So you've got <laughs> two different voices. Um, but we, we're saying the same thing, fortunately. Um, <clears throat> so I love Psalm 23. And we sang some of that, didn't we, with um, this morning, which is fab. Um, I love this bit. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will not conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. That's from the passion. Um, I know recently um, Pete and Andy a few weeks ago spoke about dealing with hardship and disappointment. And I, I feel like hope is just a real key for us when we're going through periods of hardship and disappointment. It's not just a vague hope that things are going to get better. Um but it's a, a real and assured hope that pulls on the promises of God. Now, I bought my daffodils this morning. You might have noticed they're my favourite <laughs> flower. Um, God spoke to me about daffodils this week a bit. Um, they're such a symbol of hope, aren't they? They're, um, it's about a new season. And um, I was looking at the life cycle of a daffodil. The, um, there we go. The daffodil bulb contains all. ...that the daffodil plant needs to grow properly... ...and all the necessary nutrients for flower production. They naturally produce baby bulbs next to the parent bulb during the autumn. And then those smaller bulbs can be extracted from the ground... ...and replanted at the end of autumn if desired. At this time they are also producing shallow roots... ...through which they obtain moisture and nutrients. Crucially they then need the cold of the winter for a good spring bloom what a lot is going on under the surface that we don't see and that's all going on during the autumn and the winter the dark and the cold despite appearances hello sorry my son and my husband have just arrived Um, (coughs) how'd it go Sam is it all right oh playing football we've lost but never mind nice to see you here there's always hope. Um, <laughs> uh, so g- during those seasons of dark and cold, that wasn't supposed to go, he's doing much below the surface, isn't he? And arguably, much of the work, in fact, most of the work that's done by the daffodil bulb, happens in those dark seasons to, prefer, to prepare for the good bloom. The shoots that we begin to see in spring that we're seeing around us now um, remind us, Of all that's happened and usher in that new season so even when we feel like we are maybe physically walking through a valley where there appears to be no life god is still doing stuff he's always with us there's always hope and in those seasons it's really good to like deliberately pull down the promises of god for us um personally and corporately and then allow that hope to rise which will give birth to faith which is what pete was saying so um the foundation of our hope is Jesus, isn't it? He is the reason we can have hope, even in the midst of pain, darkness, and difficulty. In fact, we can't believe we can't build on anything else, can we? Even before Jesus was born, Isaiah prophesied, an heir to David's throne will emerge and he will rise up as a ruler over all the non-Jewish nations. For all their hopes will be met in him. That's quoted in Romans 15. Jesus will never disappoint us. He's just not able to because he is hope. It's not part of his character. It's not who he is. It's not in his background or his family or his kingdom. He just cannot disappoint us. But I can imagine the disappointment, confusion, suffering and sorrow however, that the disciples might have witnessed and experienced when they saw their best friend, their companion, their hope-inspirer being crucified. It wasn't that Jesus hadn't tried to prepare them. He had, didn't he? But they just didn't get it. Um, Perhaps they kept on hoping throughout the whole process while he was being on trial, while he was being condemned, while he was being flogged. Maybe they were hoping that there would be some intervention. They possibly lost all hope as they saw him nailed brutally to the cross. And maybe they they sunk in despair as they heard him and saw him breathing his last. They didn't have the privilege of living on our side of the Easter story, did they? They didn't know about the third day and the incredible demonstration of power and hope that they were about to experience their brief moments of despair were replaced by an everlasting depth of joy, which spurred them on in time to change the world. So hope was buried in a tomb, but a greater victory was being won in a dark place again. So um, I have to just reference Narnia. I'm glad you're here for this. Sam. As Aslan says in The Line the Witch and the Wardrobe, there's a deeper magic from the dawn of time. If an innocent being willing offered offered his own life in place of a traitor's, the deeper magic would reverse death itself and restore them to life. So even in the darkest of places, God was doing stuff. Our God is a God of hope. Um, Maybe this hope still has the power to change the world. Oh, it's quite little, but I love this verse in Colossians. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. So I love this picture of of us having this heavenly treasure chest inside us. I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself in that way, but it doesn't, it it brings it makes me think of my value actually, that I might have a treasure chest inside me um, containing treasure, uh, treasure and precious and priceless jewels. Um, it just indicates how valuable we are. But it also it speaks of the importance of the contents of the chest, doesn't it? The treasure, the hope is that treasure that we get to enjoy because of Jesus. And it's a treasure that we get to share with those around us, that God desires for us to share. Um, I was thinking of some of the stories that I've heard um, when I've been at food bank centres. People I've listened to will come in and they, many of them, their situations does appear to be hopeless. They're right at the end of their rope, some of them. They feel like they've exhausted all avenues of help and they've been broken completely. And sitting with them can be really hard. And it can be easy to start to believe the lie that there's no way out, that the situation is hopeless. But actually, as princes and princesses of the kingdom of hope, we see things differently. And we look for opportunities um, in those contexts to speak words of encouragement and life and hope in a sensitive way. Um, People are so impacted. They're impacted when they get their food because they realise that People in Chelmsford care about them and their situation. But they are even more impacted by the fact that we get to care for them and we get to speak these words of hope and life over them. They always leave differently to the way they've come in.
1: Charlie, can you just flip back to that previous one? Um, can we just all just take a moment, just to pray? I just want us just to close our eyes. I just want to speak this over us. just, um, just with your eyes closed, just just take a moment with Jesus. Living within you is the Christ, who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within you is a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, for you, for those around you. And God wants everyone you come into contact with to know it. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you that you want us to know First and foremost, you want us to be convinced this morning that there is hope for every single situation. Lord, I want to pray that this this morning is not just a message, it's not just a preach, it's not just a couple of people at the front with a microphone. This is an encounter with you where you cement your word in our hearts. So that when we get home later, when we are on our own later, that same sense of expectation that good things are going to happen, that healing is going to happen, that provision is going to happen, that restoration is going to happen, that opportunity is coming, that breakthrough. Is round the corner, that same expectation would rise up within us for ourselves and those around us. Jesus, I thank you, you love to help us with our unbelief. You don't come and convict us because we're not bubbling over with hope all the time. You just gently come by your Spirit and you just remind us. And you give us words to speak you give us words to whisper to others when they need it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, it says in Corinthians that um, faith, hope and love remain. But the greatest of these in love is love. And um, I was just thinking about the link between hope and love. And um, it occurred to me that you only have hope for what you love I say that again you'll only have hope for what you love if you're not bothered about a situation you won't be bothered whether it lives or dies but if you engage your heart with it then you'll cultivate hope you'll look for hope and uh, I believe that God is looking for a people who will care, who will care enough to love. And that's why we're stepping out with these things. It's because we're, we're partnering with God in what He loves, in who He loves, that He loves the world so much. Um, you get to be one of Heaven's hope carriers. And hope carriers are agents of change. That's what we do. And so we're going to get very practical in just a minute because we're wanting to equip us as a family, us as a group of people, to be able to grow in our ability to bring hope everywhere we go. Um, Just as we were worshipping, I was just aware of the fragrance of these daffodils. I was literally stood in front of them all through worship Thinking, what is that smell? <laughs> is it me? <laughs> but it was great, and it just occurred to me that there's something about God's presence which carries a fragrance. And um, you know, one of the realities of seeing the kingdom come is that seeing the kingdom come is not a linear thing it 's not it doesn 't all happen in a straight line like you 're sitting here this morning and there 's bits of your life that feel like you 're motoring and you 're seeing seeing god 's kingdom advance and then there's other bits that actually just maybe don 't feel like that and it 's not everything all in a straight line it's it's left handed it's it's god's round the house's way of doing things it's his prerogative to be God and therefore to do it his way it's why the Israelites spent 40 years in a desert rather than just going straight into the promised land Um, but because of that we need to know hope filling us like fragrance of flowers filling us it says in um, Romans may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him Some of you have been trusting, hoping for a long time. And some of us just need a fresh infilling of the fragrance of heaven as we hope. Does that make sense? And um, it enables us to overflow like that treasure chest that we saw the image of. Um, Right, Ruth. Do you want to lead us in something practical?
0: good to get practical isn't it it feels like God's been really clearly speaking to us this morning we can't ignore it and it's really helpful for us to to know some practical keys that we can grab hold of so um we go may the God of hope fill you with all joy so that tells me that our God of hope can and will fill us with hope and at the same time we get joy and peace it's three for one or something like that Um, it tells me that we've got there are no hopeless situations um, and it, But it does suggest that this comes with what we believe. Our beliefs matter. So Holy Spirit will partner with our right beliefs to fill us overflowing with hope. So many of you will have heard, um, and Pete's already mentioned, of Steve Buckland and Igniting Hope Ministries. Steve and his wife Wendy, I've, um, I have taken this straight from the website, So. I'll reading it out. Steve and his wife Wendy are on a mission to ignite hope and joy in the church and body of Christ worldwide. They founded the ministry in 2005 with the vision to see lives transformed by renewing our minds, which is Romans 12, with God's powerful, life-changing truth. They believe there are no hopeless circumstances, only hopeless people, and when God's people receive true hope, nothing is impossible for them. Great, I can hear Steve in my head. So each year, they encourage people to take part in a negativity fast, positivity feast. Yeah, you really have to get that the right way around. Negativity fast, positivity feast during Lent. The idea originally came to Steve when he heard God comment to him on um, the fact he was having a food fast so he's fasting food um, and he felt God say your food fast isn't doing much good Steve I love your heart but the positive of your food fast plus your general negativity equals a big zero (laughs) so then God suggested that instead Steve should go on a 40-day negativity fast um, and reminded him that the kingdom of God is not moved forward by good conduct, but by good beliefs. And that the question of the hour is not, Lord, tell me what to do, but tell me what to believe. Okay, so um, that they do that most years in Lent. Um, the fast isn't denying that problems exist, but it's determining to focus more on God's promises down on the problems it 's learning to speak with hope about even the toughest of issues, becoming solution focused rather than problem focused, and replacing negative words and thoughts with positive words based on the promises of God. So I have taken part in the vast feast the last few years. Um, I remember the first time I did it, which is quite a few years ago now. I did find it incredibly challenging. Um, because I discovered I was believing lots of lies. So it was good, but it was very challenging, and it took me some time to process those lies. And some days, because you get, you get to um, repeat declarations, sometimes it felt like I was just saying a whole load of words, um, and it wasn't making much difference. But the more I stuck with it, I found my mind changing, being transformed, and the way I thought about myself was impacted. And I, I found that hope and joy levels have increased as a result. For example, I think I recognise lies more quickly now than I used to. And I find that the truth and declarations come more quickly as well. Um, I've realised that we have power in just being able to make the choice to believe truth. We're, rather than being a victim to my circumstances and feel that like everything is completely overwhelming... I recognise in whatever situation I'm in, I have the choice about what I believe, which therefore makes me powerful, actually. Um, And uh, I can choose to believe the the truth or the lies, but hopefully the truth. So anyway, we would like to invite all of us as church to consider taking part in the Negativity Fast, Positivity Feast this Lent. As I put up there, it starts on February the 26th. Um, to sign up I mean, have a look at ignitinghope.com and you can sign up there there are three different levels that you can sign up for um, level one is free that's the one that I've always done and you get a daily devotional email um, with a lighter fast and a truth to feast and an activation prompt each day with daily truth um, and um, we would love for us to consider doing this in small groups because I think it will actually impact us a lot more as we share um, together what we're learning and um, what we're finding difficult, the things that we've we've heard God speak to us about, the truths that he's been speaking to us about. And um, everyone would need to sign up. So practically everyone would need to sign up to get the emails themselves. But it could be that weekly or fortnightly, whatever works with your little group, you will get together, we're thinking, with two or three others. So you're in a triplet or a quadruple um, and and get together you know whenever works for you so it's a very flexible make it work for yourself kind of thing um, in threes or fours looking through what what's big God's been speaking to you about um, and see how our minds are being transformed because so that accountability makes the difference or oh, can make the difference so if you want to you can pay for level two um, within it, there's access to the Abounding Hope and Joy curriculum audio series, which is six audio sessions with Steve and Wendy. And you could choose to listen to those together as well if you wanted to do that. Um, we'll obviously be sending details out practically over email about what you need to do. But as I say, you can have a little look on that website um, whenever you want. But it might also might, might be worth considering now, Who'd you like, who would you like in your, in your triplet or your quadruplet? And I'd like us to be brave... And think not just about the people that we would normally maybe gravitate to. But ask Holy Spirit, who are the people that I need to be doing this with? Um, <clears throat> who would you like us to team up with? So um, we're full of expectation that our minds can be transformed as a people. And this hope that we've been talking about this morning... Can, be, can fill us so we're over, overflowing with abounding hope, peace and joy and that actually, that will change us and then the world around us as well um, so it feels quite an exciting opportunity, um, it's up to us to grab it and run with it if that's what you want to do, we're not going to kind of say you must do this, um, but it, it, I reckon as a group it will change us and it will change um, our worlds around us we've got lots of hope for that um, it would be good to pray, wouldn't it? I was, um, I was, I loved Rachel's word. Rachel's word this morning about us not just putting on the old clothes. Um, sometimes our expectation can come from our past experience, can't it? And actually, that's something that we need to kind of lay down and actually ask God what is the hope that we have for that. And I was, I was thinking it might be helpful for us to respond to that actually. So um, I'll, I'll pray around that one and then we can get together and pray for each other in a minute as well. If that's the right. Issue with else. Okay, cool. So Jesus, I want to thank you that our hope is not built on our past. It's not built on what we have come to expect and what we kind of think is the way things should be. But actually it's built on you. Thank you that your hope is going to fill us to overflowing. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to choose to put aside and not put on those old clothes of old experience. Um, and even now, God, we just want to put those aside. We're to choose to clothe ourselves again in you, Holy Spirit. God, give us fresh vision, fresh hope. Yeah, Father, thank you that there are no hopeless situations. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we get to get hope. And thank you, God, that we get to spread that to those around us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the incredible hope. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, God, I thank you that we we can get to have our hope renewed. And um, over this period that we're coming up, God, I I just want to declare increased hope over all of us, that our minds will be renewed, that we see freshly who we are, freshly who you are, your perspectives on our situations, and God, actually, we will see hope breaking out all around us. God, I declare testimonies, testimonies in our personal life and in our corporate life as well. Together, thank you, God, that you you are really inspiring something here, and there's going to be breakthrough. We declare breakthrough situations where that needs to happen. Thank you that Easter speaks so loudly about breakthrough, power. Yeah, God, thank you. It might be good to um, get in small groups with those around you and just declare hope pray for people in different situations that they're in um pete's reminded me that we had these promises of god that simon had put out for us this morning as well. you might want to dig those out and pray them out over each other as well in this time we've got a five minutes so let's let's really dig into god and, and really uh, oh there's some more here you can come and get and just pray for each other thank you